Welcome to Freedive, to go deeper and emerge with a greater appreciation. Join us as we take a deep dive into the people, skills and expertise of Pensar's infrastructure specialists and their unusual approach to making complicated problems simple. Tune in for the stories behind the solutions and the personalities behind the expertise. Morning, boys. Morning. G'day. Here to talk about Mount Crosby. Yeah. The new new super project. project. Yeah. Very Uh, exciting. I've got Maddie Smith and Dave Brown here in the studio to talk about the project, but before we kick off, we might just get like an elevator pitch because there's a lot of new people in the business. Just tell us what you do in the business and... Just a little intro. Yep. So, uh, been in Penzar for 11 years. So, come over to start the utilities division, looking after water and power there for a while, and realised that I was hopeless at looking after water projects. So, focused on the power. Paddy came over. I wouldn't have said hopeless. I was just said room for improvement. (laughs) A lot of improvement (laughs) growth area. (laughs) So, um, obviously, been here for a while now and been focused on growing the electrical side. Yep. And a Currently a director in the business. Yes. yes. Yep. For the last probably, what, six years? Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. And Matt? Uh, yeah, Matt Smith. I started Pensar in 2016 and Pensar Water as a project engineer. I took a little hiatus there for a couple of years and I recently rejoined end of last year as the uh, major projects manager. So I guess I'm uh, more in the pre-contracts and the delivery of these jobs, hopefully. So yeah, it's been good being back. And straight on the board with Mount Crosby, so yeah. coming to help hit the hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah. 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 So on Mount Crosby, I'm not sure everyone really knows a lot about the project. So maybe you could just give us a bit of an overview of what the project entails. I guess the key elements and what you got ahead of you. Yep. So part of the critical upgrades for Mount Crosby because of the flood resilience. So basically, the existing Energex substation is prone to go under water in the flood event. So they're building a new sub uphill, about 100 metres up the hill. For people who haven't been to Mount Crosby, we're talking 20 k's, 30 k's southwest of Brisbane on the way out to Ipswich. Yep. Got to cross the river to get to Ipswich, but it's sort of out through that western corridor, right? Yeah, correct. And it's it's the largest water treatment plant in southeast Queensland, or in Queensland. So it services, pretty much links Noosa to Gold Coast. And yeah, it's responsible for delivering... Two thirds of South East Queensland's water. So yep. it's the crown jewel of SEQ water. So it's anything that happens there. If you haven't worked there, it's very scrutinised. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they needed the A team on the job, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. So, I mean, just before we dive in, we've actually done quite a lot of work at Mount Crosby over the years, haven't we? Like, I think our first project might have been Trent Dyer might have done one of our first projects, it was an elevated reservoir. Was that out there at Crosby? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. I think that might have been up for treatment plant potentially, yeah. um, which we have to do some works up there as well. Yep. And I know Downsy had to do some submarine kind of doors down in the basement of one of the wells in a yeah, flood event right. as well. So And because those, so at this Mount Crosby, this old Mount Crosby water treatment plant, it has supplied Brisbane's water for circa yep. 100 plus years. Yeah, 130-ish. It used to be steam-powered pumps in these same wells that we're working in today. So. Have you been into the old control room there? I haven't, no. Up the top? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very prehistoric. It's pretty <laughs> amazing. You go, It's like a museum piece, right? You yeah. go in there and it's it's like a, a day gone by. There's like a control tower of a, at an airport, yeah. really, isn't yeah. it? You've got all these seats and everything that's now replaced by you know, yeah, right. control systems and um, integration and all that. So just, you know, it's pretty amazing how it's evolved, but it still does the job of pumping the water. So it's got a deep well you're 
saying that it comes from um, the dam through an intake pipe? Yeah, two intake pipes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. in the I, river. I, yeah, in yeah, the river. Yeah. And I believe at one stage in the past too, we've had to get divers in there to clean that out after another flood event. If we I have actually. Yeah. yeah, that's yep. right. So, and then there's 16 pumps. What do you reckon the depth of that well is? About 30 metres. Mm, yeah, okay. Yep. And 16 of them. 16 yeah. wells, each with a, um, a pump in it. Correct. Yeah, yep. which goes right down and sucks the water. Yeah, and then pumps it up to the water treatment plant, which is up the hill, so. Yeah, so some significant heritage concerns or considerations, I guess, in the development of the project, given that that's 130 plus years old. What about cultural heritage? Is there much... Yeah, uh, yep. cultural heritage in a yep. face there. So especially there was an early works package to build the earthworks pad for the Energex substation and bring the conduits down closer to the site and they were pulling out old carts and steel top yeah. rims wagon and wheels wagon and, wheels and everything. Yeah. So, oh God. Yeah, right. um, so, yeah, there's an element of that where we need to have specialists on board as well while we're doing the excavation. Yep. And on top of that, it's all classed as contaminated land now as well. So, yeah, everything has to be taken off site. So, so we've got the picture. We've got a really important pumping asset sitting there, 30-metre deep well, 16 of them supplying 60% of Brisbane's water. They're still in the original building as well, Which these wells. Which is just amazing. So everything that we have to work inside has to come in and out, yep. arched windows and, uh, yep. yeah, so there's um, that challenge as well. So you, we can't modify that building in any way. Can't even drill a hole in it. Yeah, without approval. In the water. Yeah, yeah right. Yep. Yeah. And one of the elements that we're still working on is some flood bracing that they want to put in inside the corner of a building that mm-hmm. gets most impact from the oh, flood event. Yeah. Yep, they yep. want to be able to brace that internally. Do you know so how much of the actual building, how much water f- went over the main building sort of ground floor level during the floods? Have you got any I think the highest mark I saw outside was about a metre and a half, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, which, you know, resulted in all the debris you know, logs and everything going inside the so warehouse. Did the building survive, like, keep operating through those floods? It must have. No, no, they, yeah, it, it went offline. I think it was eight to 10 days. Wow. You know, so, yeah, and that's, must have that's been the main thing is, you know, building a spare shed so they can have spare equipment um, yeah. up in a higher ground. So, if there is a flood event over. Living you know, in Brisbane through that, we didn't miss a beat with uh, no. water supply. So, they must have been able to patch together the network to be able to supply, you know, 60% of water, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. Um, But this, so we got the picture, this big old pump station, these, um, you know, deep pumps, I guess, 30 metres deep. So what is our work? Uh, You said that Energex have to upgrade, you know, the um, substation where all the uh, HV comes into the sub. And then what are we doing? So what are the key sort of elements that we're in? Charge so of. currently it's 5.5 kV site. It's going yeah. to 11. So we have okay. to upgrade every um, HV motor, the whole switchboard. Originally they wanted to refurb the existing switchboard, but it was one of the areas that we identified pretty early in the piece that, you know, the operators were never going to, you know, accept that, the risk um, exposure around that. So full HV upgrade, control systems upgrade, LV um, upgrades to to service these motors and just some other flood So the point of upgrading the site to 11, is that just to get higher capacity? Um, More reliable, pumps? yeah, yeah. So right. Is yep. the 5.5 like a redundant? Correct. It's used in mining, now. but it's a lot it's harder re- to source equipment. Right. That, yeah. So. Okay, so yeah. all this gear runs off, they're high voltage uh, pumps that 
Yep. They run off the 11, do they? Yeah, uh, 5.5 now and will be 11. Will be up to 11. Correct. Right. So yep. there's a risk that the existing sub there, five and a half, is about yeah, 80 years old, correct. 30 years past its life and could yep. fall over at any time. Yeah, so. and if you're going to do it, you're going to put it to a contemporary standard, which is the, yep. yeah. the higher capacity. Yep. And they've had a failure about five years ago, I think. So they've been pushing Energex to... Get this accelerated now. Energex have you know committed and yeah. So Energex do the full sub. We don't. We just no. they just give us a uh, off take point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they actually bring the cables down to the site to the switch gear, and then we that's our battery. So works. are you running eleven into the board? Yep. And then four feeders, four elevens into the board. Yep. And then sixteen presumably out. Yep. Plus transformers, so yeah. all the transformers have to be upgraded to 11 as well. So, And you're actually replacing the motors themselves too, aren't you, The drive the pumps? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, any HV equipment currently there is incompatible with 11 yeah. kV, so everything Got to be chased all the way through. through. Correct, yeah. yeah. And then those motors sit, the way I understand it, on top, like essentially up at ground level, yep. there or thereabouts, and drive the pump, which is down... 30 metres deep. We don't touch the actual pump itself, just the motors that drive the pumps. Correct. correct? And yep. we don't touch the shaft that connects them together. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good. So we don't really have to go down into the wells. Only to do some minor wiring. And, work and yeah. that sort yep. of stuff. Yep. In theory, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't yeah, drop yeah, a nut yeah. down there. We're only just starting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fascinating now. I think from memory there was some, like the weight and of all this equipment's a lot heavier than potentially what they've had in the past, is it? Do you have to do structural strengthening and that sort of stuff? We've done assessments and the new equipment, the Siemens equipment's actually about the same weight, isn't it? It's slightly heavier. So, yeah, during the, the stage one, which I guess we'll talk about, but we had to look at the market, various models of motors, and they varied from four tonne to 13 tonne. Wow. So mm. there was obviously a varying degree of weight there and times 16, that's pretty heavy. That's going in a 130-year-old floor. So so a critical decision was the balance between weight and having to trade off something else a bit. They might not be quite as powerful, but they weigh a bit less. So the overall decision is to maybe run with that that slightly compromises. Yeah, that was definitely a factor in, in selecting them. Yeah, mm. amongst obviously So not, not much strengthening work required now. No, the motors we selected, I think, Siemens good. is about yep. six tonne. The existing beams look all right. So. Yeah, yeah, yep. great. Okay, that gives a bit of an overview of the project itself, but this is quite a different procurement model to what we've done in the past. I mean, we've had some experience. It's called an ECI, early contract involvement, but which is what we've done a few times now, and the biggest one being the Wamuram project, which was probably more of an ECI turned into just a hard dollar contract. It was not a true ECI, that one, but we learned a lot from that project. Coming into this one, maybe there's a lot of people who don't probably appreciate the difference of an ECI to just a normal DNC project. Is, do one of you two want to, maybe do you want to have a go at explaining yeah, sure. a bit about the ECI, what it means and how it sort of differs to a traditional yep. approach? Yes, I guess Secwater split it into two stages. The stage one contract, which we've just completed, was on a cost plus arrangement with an estimated upper limit or uh, no, locked was a, a locked limit. upper limit. Yep. Um, yep. And it was essentially to do every site investigation necessary to complete a 60% design. And then towards the end of that stage, we were to be looking and pricing up stage two, So, which is what we've just been awarded. So stage two is essentially, they call it a risk-adjusted maximum price, a ramp, which is you price 
the remainder of the design from 60% to IFC. As a locked-in price. As a locked-in price, plus all the delivery. And then you run through this risk register and an analysis of that, a Monte Carlo analysis that I'm sure we can talk about, as well as an escalation fee and our margin. And then all of that together, added together, makes the ramp. And then that ramp is our upper limit maximum price. And then we essentially do a cost plus arrangement during the course of the job. Open Fully open book with SEQ Water. They get access to it, whatever we spend. And then in theory, uh, the incentive to Penso is at the end, if we go under our ramp, we get to a split of the leftovers. Mm-hmm. So there's still drivers there to be delivering it as lean as possible, not just a, a cash cow. Yeah. And what happens if you go over the ramp? Like if you spend more? If we go over Penso, we're the full risk. So again, yeah, we definitely don't want to be getting anywhere near that. Yeah. I guess one added bonus is the fee, which is our margin. That's fixed. We get that no matter what we spend. So if it's a 15% margin that we get, if we go well under that, goes to a 20% margin, I guess. So yeah, no, it's good. And and then if yeah, if it goes over, that just bites into your margin, I guess. Correct. At the end of the day, yes. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a really good model. Like the key difference, I would say, between the ECI we did with Unity Water, we ran through all those processes, but we had to give just a hard dollar locked in price back at design. There wasn't, it wasn't cost reimbursable. There wasn't a risk adjusted uh, mm. maximum price. There wasn't like a bucket mm. uh, where it was clear what risks were taken each way. And I think if we were to do that project again, we wouldn't do it unless it was on a similar model to what Mount Crosby have done with. It's too hard to determine what that locked-in price needs to be on a complex project mm. back in when you don't have all the details. Correct. Mm. And you don't actually even know how the client's going to manage their side of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they're really in control of your performance because every time you submit a drawing, if it takes 10 days to get back or it takes 100 days to get back. <laughs> Correct, yeah. It really does drive a collaborative environment because yes. if they want to save money, they, they're incentivized. They, correct, yeah. Whereas if the client's not of that mindset, they couldn't care less if it yes. takes 100 days to approve yes. a drawing. And that's kind of what we experienced yeah. on the other model where it's not collaborative because the risk is all on you. So Plus the contract still has the standard variation mechanisms and delay to mechanisms vary, to, vary to, the to increase the ramp if yep. you need yep. it. So those drivers are still there, but at the same time, everyone's wanting to do and it. And we proved that in the ECI. Like we actually provided a program where we could actually deliver it three months probably earlier. Yes. Yep. But the client saw all that as too big of a risk to the operational impacts. So, you know, mm-hmm. it was after about probably three commissioning workshops, it was, you know, agreed to have this kind of, you know, delays between each stage just to give the um, Breathing room. certainty to the network. It just makes sense. sense. I mean, it sounds like there's some experienced heads on the other side with, well, not the other side, but working with Secwater, mm. guiding them through the process too. Yeah, they had some consultants that really had a good understanding of the ECI model and, you know, we had some foundation workshops at the start where they kind of set the scene saying it, it's not us and them, it's us, you know, yep. so that and you really have to helped. say you've, I mean, from what I've seen, that's very much been the culture of that project yeah. all the way through, hasn't it? Yep. Like it, it's been very collaborative and, yep. a, and a good place to work. Yeah. And I think it's the right model for this type of project. It's such a high risk asset mm. that, and in the end of the day, they spend a bit of money up front and I think they probably save money in the stage oh, two totally because agree. we found out all the bugs, the, yeah. you know, their risk of variations. If it was a lump sum. Yep. Interestingly, it's a big step for Pensar with such an important asset. It's not like some assets where, like we've done plenty of these projects before, but a lot of them, 
they sit adjacent or it's a new bit of infrastructure that's getting brought in or it's a like it's not like the main game and if yep. you mess it up <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know the consequences yeah. are huge. so i think from the pensars point of view it's it's quite encouraging that the client would put so much responsibility on it like sees us as a company with the capability to be trusted on a project like this yep. and and it was against from memory, was it uh, Downer, Downer Ventia. and Ventia? Two yep. of the big tier ones fell yep. away very quickly yep. and they went with us very early on. It was quite clear yep. that they wanted to work with us. So I think it's a feather and the cap of the business, but also like for you, Brownie. Brownie, really, you led this right from the start and I remember chatting to Brownie and talking about this project and he said, oh, I've got no idea what to do with an ECI. <laughs> 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 and... I guess you look back now 12 months with what you've learned and it just shows you if you've got the right mindset and the right approach, you're taking on a complex project like this, dealing with people who've done hundreds of these things before and, well, I'm saying you've done a brilliant job of pulling this job together and keeping it on track all the way through from someone who hadn't really done one before to now, what's the ramp value? 39 so close enough to $40 million yeah. high complex project. So yeah. I think you should be really satisfied of what yeah. you've done yeah. in the project. But, I mean, to now, what do you think from your perspective about this ECI? And, and it's not just ECI. It's about people taking on something they haven't done before and not being scared to do it. Like what have you learned now looking back and where you were thinking at the start to what you're thinking now? Like what do you think you've learned along the way? To be honest, when we first put the EOI in, I thought we'd never have a chance up against the competitors we were too. So I feel that the selection of the team was very, very good and probably the confidence that the client like SEQ does see us as in that playing field now to actually deliver a complex project. So, mm -hmm. But I think having a, a strong team from day one made a big difference. So yeah. to get a 60% design done in three months was very challenging and the design team done really well pulling that together. We used sub-consultants, but we had to have a design manager. So Gandan looked after structural and civil. Yep. Ferry looked after mechanical yep. and CJR looked after the electrical. But yep. we had fortnightly design meetings that all parties had to attend. So there was a lot just bringing all that together. Yep. And at the same time, trying to get the pricing together. So we had to give them a budget at 30% of the design. So, and then stage between 30 to 60. So that was one of the drivers to make sure that if the budget was going to blow out, that they had time to prepare the board because yeah. program was a critical part. Yeah. So. And what about yourself though? Like, Personally? Yeah, um, when you think about, oh, gee, I'm not sure, to now, like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Like, Yeah, mate, I really enjoyed it. Like, yep. looking back, you know, it was pretty intense there for a while, but I feel what we, the processes we put in place through the first ECI was going to set us up for future ECI. So, yep. no, it was great. So you now our ECI, man. Um, I think Matt's going to take that, take but I'm going to assist. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt came on to the project in the latter stages of the ECI process. And so what, what were you, the main things that you got involved with, Matt? Like, Yeah, so I guess I probably wasn't involved in the stage one. That was relatively underway and getting completed when I started. And it was more to do with getting the stage two ramp sorted and particularly Correct. the risk component of that. That was a fairly, I guess... The harder part of that is it's not a, just a clear defined number you can price up and everyone agrees. Everyone has their own views on risk. Everyone has their own, is it a risk even? And if it is, what's the likelihood? What's the value? Those types of things. And then I guess just navigating SEQ waters' wants and needs that they needed during that. Touched on 
Brownie's expertise getting this over line, and you compare to Downer and Ventio and those tier ones, their strengths is they've done hundreds of these things. Yep. But I think our strength is our sort of yours and our flexibility to work with sec water. And, you know, we were getting calls at 6.30, 7.30 at night, yep. you know, a night before things are due, asking questions. And I don't think many companies like the tier ones would have access to the directors and things like that to get those answers. So I think that's, you got to look in our own strengths there. That That's what got us over the line. But yeah. That sounds like an important thing for us to maintain as the business grows is that I guess the accessibility of key people in the business and that they stay close to clients and stay close to the projects and always sort of available and not get into the pattern of these big companies that have like layer upon layer of management mm. and they're not really engaged in the projects at all. Mm. And one good thing that SEQ did at the start was kind of team up Penza with an SEQ kind of representative. So Ian was dealing with Nick as both design leads. So they got a good relationship at each different level. So you weren't kind of you know, waiting to send, submit an RFI to get a you know, an answer. It was pick up a phone, mm. understand what they wanted and move forward and the RFIs would follow and close it out formally. But it was a really good working mm. relationship. So And SEQ need credit too because they I was very surprised that we were going to hit the dates that they expected in the first stage, but they worked really hard to keep their side in, in yeah, line too, which so, has been a challenge so important. in the past. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah. You mentioned Monte Carlo. When you said that, I was thinking Iced Vivo or one other type. <laughs> yeah. Can you F1 explain race? a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I understand it. it's a model used to assess and value risk, but that's as much as I know about it. One of you two want to lead on it now. That's <laughs> yeah, why I, I know more than I'd like so. to. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so essentially, it's I guess in my experience with tendering, you know, you, you bid the job, and you, depending on the scale and the risk, or, you know, how technical it is, you might think I oh, add a percentage here and there, or you might look at a few things. But I guess this just takes it to the next level in terms of you really got to outline all the risks that you've found during, and I guess doing the sixty percent design allowed us to really flag a lot more risks than you might in a normal tender yeah, and then once you've uh, quantified all your risks and then you can add how much you think it's going to cost if that risk happened and the likelihood of that happening, essentially you, you put it into this software and I think the one we used, it ran about 2,000 iterations and it's essentially, you know, might have risk one definitely happening, risk two not happening, you know, just all different scenarios for it and then it will spit out a bell curve and it'll be like if you wanted to have all your risk covered, you'd pick, they call it a, a P100, 100% of your risk covered, all the way down to a, if you don't, you only want to be a cowboy and hope for the best, you do a P0. But SEQ Water, again, giving them credit, mm. they directed us to use a P80, which advice to us is is higher than the industry norm. So mm. they were happy for us to ha use a P80 value, which essentially is more dollars in our pot if we need it. And I guess the, I probably wasn't prepared for the level of scrutiny that the RNO got touched on it before everyone's got their own views on it. So I think we must have had about four workshops and everyone sort of, oh, what's the risk of a flood and how big's the flood going to be and what's the dollars we're going to get hit and those types of things. So mm. it, it sort of went around and around and, and looking back, it makes sense because we've got drivers to want to make sure we've got enough money to deliver the job and they got drivers to make sure we're not yeah, you know, taken it too far, and and some items they just took out and put into their risk. True. Pool. So yeah, you know, some items have they said, "Oh, mm. we'll loan that risk." Probably better sits with SEQ. Yeah, so. we'll pay your variation if that one happens. And yep. yeah, right. And, yeah, and that, yeah, that was actually really fair. collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I guess as well, the, the longer we got into the design, we were really finding some potential issues that could arise, and yeah. we we're running out of time to finalise. 
that was a challenge. I think getting the designers would find something, or or the site crews would find something, and we got mm. you know estimators pricing it, and it was just that sort of getting everyone under one banner. I think trying to correct. Yeah, that was probably one of the main challenges to make sure what we were finding in the field or in the design was getting fed back to into the know, cost model. Into the cost model. Yeah, and if it was a risk. Do we price the risk or do we put it in the risk register or do we exclude it? And yeah, it was. And SEQ probably didn't fully understand that whole process themselves because it would change throughout that workshops. You know, mm. one day it would be, oh, no, we'll, we'll look after that. And the next time it would be, no, no, flip it back yes. over there. So it was a lot of change. Someone's gone yeah. upstairs for a different yeah. view. Yeah. And it was a lot of that. Yeah. So. Which or is they want to pay us more in stage one to do more investigation. Yeah. To minimise that risk. Correct. Yeah. 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 Which I think is super sensible, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they had 20 scope refinement items in the first ECI where basically we don't know what we want here. So mm-hmm. you need to go investigate them and we'll have design meetings to close them out. And mm. we closed them all out, Yeah, which was handy to make sure that we could price that accordingly. So where are we now? We've we've got a signed contract to get on with the actual project now. So I imagine design is in full swing, is it? Or This week we've signed up all the design partners, mm-hmm. which we worked on in December preparing for the contract. First design meeting is next Wednesday, okay. so straight into stage two. I think it's what up till May we've got to get to. Yeah, IFC, IFC. in May is the target. Yep. yep. And, but there's some early procurement that we've kind of flagged along the way too. So, mm. you know, transformers we need to order now. Yep. Um, so there's a few items that we need to because the program's key for SEQ. Where are the transformers coming from overseas? Uh, no, they're going to be made locally. Okay. But, yeah, the motors, motors are... switch gear will be all overseas. Yeah. Where are the motors coming from? China. Okay. Do we have to send people there to check them? Yeah, yep. That's all we part do. of it? Yeah. Are you okay. volunteering? Or? I'll go. Yeah. I'm going. Love to go. <laughs> I have not been to China, except yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah. And then the day trip across to the mainland. But no, I'd love to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the switch gear, sorry, will be coming out of China as well. So. Can I just flag? I wouldn't know what I'm looking at. Everyone. Just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Someone have to give me a cheat sheet. Yeah. Okay. So full-scale design, early procurement. When do we expect to be... I guess, on the ground with, you know, intent in terms of construction? May? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah mobilise April and then late start eight. works in May. Yep. Yeah, right. And um, duration from April, what is it, like 12 to 18 months worth of work or longer? Nearly two years from yeah. contract. Yeah. yeah, so December 26, we're looking yeah, at so uh, 18 months on yeah. the ground-ish. Yep. Yeah, and it's a, a lot of that due to the phasing. I, I imagine that you have to, you can't do 16 in one line, so... You have to phase the yeah. works. Yeah, correct. So how, uh, Yeah, the staging was a challenge. Five stages. Mm. Across the 16 wells, it can produce a gigalitre of water, mm-hmm. um, but they, at a minimum, need 500 megalitre at any time. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a constraint we had to work in with. They, in their wisdom, decided to reuse the existing HV switch room. So that switch board has to stay online while we build the new boards around it. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And then you could imagine... It's a big long board. How long would it be? Like 30 metres yeah, long, 30 that existing minutes, board? Yeah. So you've yeah. you got to start at one end and keep decommissioning that existing board. You can't take pieces off it in the yeah. middle, otherwise. Yeah. I think it's 24 panels and, yeah, I think at North Pines, we 
it was 18 panels and Wiz has eight, so that shows the you know, size of his board so and it goes to 30. You need some yeah. highly skilled um, professionals working in that room by the sounds of it to yeah, me. Correct, yeah, correct. Yep. And it's all high voltage, high risk. Yep. You know, the yep. interface we've done with Energex. Kind of stuff before. I mean, have yep. you looked at those Sunwater projects that we've done where we've put yep. in new HV, you know, phased it, although most of those were cut over. They weren't, I think, they weren't phased. A lot of they? the Sunwater, yeah, it was a... 14-day isolation, but yeah. North Pines is exactly the same it um, is, process. Is it? So, yeah. yeah, so North Pines was a key apparently for us being successful this one. Yep. So the way that the guys delivered North Pines, yep. same system, voltage changes, motor changes, bump changes. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, whenever I go and visit the guys doing that, where I'm just in awe of how smart and how patient they are in doing that work. Like, mm. It's just phenomenal. Mm. It's the ability to trace every little bit back to its source and carefully go about decommissioning, commissioning. I'm fascinated how anyone can get their head around that, yeah, to be honest with yeah. you. It's just phenomenal. Uh, it's a credit to the teams that do the work. So um, 18 months on the ground. So tell us who are the key people involved with the project at the moment for Pensar? Yeah, so Noel Martin's going to be the project manager on it and yeah. Gav. Yep, Gav's going to be the site, site supervisor. supervisor. Yep. And Ian, he'll finish the design. He's still continuing on that. So. Yep. Also got yourself involved too, just front end, making sure that it starts off well. And then there's some incentives in the contract too to make sure that we've got a good QA system, safety. Yep. Khan's going to be the commissioning manager. So, um, and we had to nominate all of these people back really at ECI, which we haven't really changed too much. So, yeah. and, you know, if their retention on, on the project, if they're involved, then yeah, it's, a, it's a key driver for SEQ as well. And I think as well, there's a, Decent structure scope, decent water scope, mm. obviously decent power scope. So it'll be a really good collaborative mix of our divisions. Mm. And so the actual, some of the other delivery resources like project engineering, site engineering, that sort of stuff haven't necessarily been allocated yet? Site engineers, not yet, but we've really pulled together a team from all aspects of mm. Penzar. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a collaboration. So yeah, it's good. So if anyone wants to work on it, they should come knocking on your door saying, yeah, can I work yeah, on that project? Sure. Yeah, if definitely. I was a young buck, that's the one I'd want to be yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a really cool yeah, project. It will be, yeah. My and experience in treatment plants, this is an iconic one. It's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. a beauty. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered a fair few elements of this project, learn yep. a lot about it, learn about ECIs, Monte Carlos, what's going on on the ground. If anyone's got any questions or interested, I'm assuming, you know, they come and see either of you yeah, two boys and, um, yeah. yeah, flush it out a bit further. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, thanks very much for coming in and um, well done on the project. I guess the real work <laughs> begins now, now yeah. which is yeah, exciting. Yeah. It's what we're yeah. there for. So yeah. thanks for coming yeah. in, boys. No worries. Well thanks. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Freedive. We look forward to you joining in for our next episode. If you'd like to share your story, send us an email at freedive at pensar.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you. And remember, if you enjoyed it, tell your friends. <laughs>